All right, we want to ask everybody to go ahead and mosey your way on towards wherever you're going to be sitting this morning and take a seat for just a minute. We want to welcome you to West Irwin this morning. We're glad you're here. Uh, we hope you leave today encouraged and challenged and blessed by what the Lord has to say. Just a few quick announcements as uh, we look at the week ahead and even the coming weeks ahead. Uh, first of all, we want to continue to remember the family of Ira Groom who passed away this past Tuesday. Uh, services were yesterday at Eubanks Funeral Home in Canton. Uh, today, there is a bridal shower for Bonnie Testament, the daughter of Danny and Don Hobbs, or Dobbs, sorry, today from 2 to 3.30 at Wade and Diane Weathers' house, uh, as well as starting next week, there is a table shower in the foyer for baby Alicia Canfield. Uh, and so uh, diapers, wipes, and gift cards are requested. That'll be next week and then the following Sunday, the 16th. And then in two weeks, we can't forget, uh, we'll be remiss and reminded, as Donnie continues to remind us how many days he has left on his working calendar, that there is a retirement party for Donnie Carnathan uh, here at the building. And so all those things you can find more information about uh, in your bulletin, as well as this Wednesday night from 5 to 6.15, we have Bee's Knees, Bubble Tea, and Pizza, who is going to be our food truck. And if you haven't come on a Wednesday night, let me just offer an encouragement um, to join us in the gym. Uh, there's, there's a good chance you might get hit by a Frisbee or some sort of ball or flying object by someone else's children, definitely not mine. Mine are very well behaved and... I hide when they do that, but uh, it, is a, it is a very, very enjoyable time, and it brings you here. It brings you here for uh, all of the different class options that we have on Wednesday night. Uh, we have plenty of folks here who do not have children that are still at home that come and join us and just laugh at us as we try to parent our children, and so please, if you feel like you have aged out of that, come laugh at us. We're happy to, to join you. We, just, we would just love for you to join us every Wednesday night. Um, starting at 5 o'clock. Tonight is uh, our full schedule here at West Irwin as far as things going on at the building. We have uh, visitation, which meets in the office conference room. Uh, the chapel class is in room 403. And there is a singing class here in the auditorium, all of those starting at 5 o'clock. Finally, the Benevolent Center, and you'll see again this in your bulletins as well, is in pretty desperate need right now of bath towels, of king and queen sheets, and of men's and women's underwear and socks. And so if those are things you can bring, you can drop them off in the office uh, or at the Benevolent Center. We'll make sure those get over there. We have two kind of big announcements that we want to we share uh, that are just now making their way in front of you. You haven't heard about them yet. Uh, the first one is Sunday night, October 30th. West Irwin historically has always done what we call a fall festival over in the gym. Uh, where we have booths set up and games, but this year we're trying something different for us, not different for lots of other churches, but we are actually going to have a trunk or treat. And if you are not familiar with what a trunk or treat is, you get treats from a trunk. It's really self-explanatory. It's just right there. Uh, and so what people do is we, we will have it at the Family Life Center. We're, we'll ask everyone that's going to participate to come and on some level decorate that area. Now, if you say, I have a truck, well, you know what? You have a tailgater treat then. Come bring your truck like I'm going to do. Um, and if you feel like that's a little, I don't know if I want to attack that by myself, partner up. But our goal is to have as many 
vehicles there as possible. We want this to be something where whether you haven't had children in your home for 50 years or whether you've got them there right now, we want to make this a a great night for our kids and for any other kids from the community that join us. And so there's two ways you can help. Number one is, of course, by volunteering. We're going to have sign-ups for that starting next week. By volunteering to have your your trunk available that night. And you can even add a game to it if you want to have them do something when they're there. Uh, you know, maybe just like a toss across with the sack. I'm going to have a field goal in the back of my truck for kicking. It's going to be very dangerous. Don't park near me. But uh, it, just anything that, gets the, that the kids get to do that's energetic and exciting. Uh, but then number two, if you just really feel like, you know, I, I maybe, maybe you're not going to be here or maybe you're just, that, that's too much, we, we're always in need of candy. There's, never, there's no such thing as too much candy. And so we have uh, a bucket in the foyer that's labeled, and so you can go ahead and start bringing that. And I realize that it sounds like, you know, 30 days sounds like a long time, but it's not. It will be here so, so fast. And speaking of so, so fast and be here before you know it, uh, this was not public knowledge until Friday. And so we can finally now share it. And so as you'll see on the screen, West Irwin is one of eight churches that this year is hosting a cappella. Um, Acapella, uh, if you don't know, has been around, started by Keith Lancaster since the early 80s. And that's actually Keith in the middle going like this. He's, he emotes a lot. But uh, this is, in, in years past, they had different groups that were consistent and concrete. And this is more of a best of group that they are bringing through. And so on March the 3rd, 2023, so like I said, five months out, you're not going to hear this announcement every single week until it gets closer. But we want to go ahead and put this on your radar because, number one, we know a lot of you maybe grew up listening to, to them. And so you have a lot of fond memories and you have a lot of people that might want to come and be a part of it because it will be here in our auditorium. And once the auditorium is full, it's full. And I can guarantee you people will drive in buses <laughs> to this one because it is, the, it is the only concert between San Angelo and Louisiana that acapella has on their schedule this year. And so people will come from the Metroplex and all parts of East Texas. And so we want to go ahead and encourage you to put that on your calendar, to be a part of that evening here with us. As soon as tickets go on sale for that, we will let you know. And so we just want to put that in front of you. Uh, I know Bill has been the one getting all of this lined out and together. And so uh, we were grateful that an opportunity opened up for us to get on their calendar. And so we want to, again, invite you and invite you to invite others to be a part of uh, what will be a a great night for us together as a church. Um, Let's open with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for the love that you offer us, the love that you give us without strings attached, just because we are your creation. God, we are grateful to, to be created in your image, to be known before we were even born, to be loved. And God, as we gather together as a church in this building today and as the larger church throughout the world today, God, we are grateful that voices are raising up to you in praise, in joy. And God, our prayer is that that doesn't end on Sunday morning, that we would live our lives as a living sacrifice to you because you are worthy of our praise. We thank you for who you are. We are in awe of your majesty and your glory. And it's in your son's Jesus' holy and perfect name that we pray. Amen.
you find it convenient, would you please stand for the singing of the first song? Praise Him all day, 
West Irwin uh, have decided to send $10,000 plus any, any individual monies uh, to the Church of Christ Relief in Ohio on October 11th for the Hurricane Ian victims. So if you'd like to make a personal contribution, just give your check to an elder or a minister and uh, we'll get that to the appropriate people. So uh, definitely need to keep those people in our prayers and uh, that will go to a worthy cause. 
Uh, also, Tim Holt wanted me to share a prayer request. He has a uh, friend by the name of Zach Reynolds who had, was in a, a serious motorcycle accident, and it doesn't appear that he's going to live, and they're going to take him off uh, life support today. So let's keep uh, Tim and Zach Reynolds and the Reynolds family in our prayers. Uh, I just want to say this has been an emotional week for me. And, you know, you don't often hear men talking about their emotions. That's a little bit uh, taboo, you know. We're not supposed to, we're supposed to be rough and tough and take everything. But I just, uh, you know, I look to the elders. I look to God. I look to my wife. And I just want to remember some elders that have had some influence in my life. And Hillard Hughes, Bill Mullins. Now, Leon Welburn, and there's countless others. Uh, Joe McBee, Francis, you know, and there's many that are here in this audience, and, and we love you. I love you, and y'all have made a tremendous influence in my life, in my family's life, and this church as a whole. And uh, we're blessed by the work that you've done and continue to do, so thank you. Uh, I'm going to read a scripture this morning, maybe. It comes from Isaiah 41, verse 10. So do not fear, for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold with my righteous right hand. So let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this Lord's, glorious Lord's day. We praise your name as we rejoice in gathering together this morning. Thank you for our relationships in this congregation and for all that West Irwin offers its members and opportunities to become closer together. We thank you for our young families and how they are strengthening our church. Help us all to make a difference in the lives of their children, helping to develop their young faith. God, we thank you for those of the number of our children who have grown and continue to go here and those who have moved off. Thank you for the wisdom that they bring us. We thank you for the young at heart members who keep our West Irwin family close. We're grateful, Father, for our exceptional children's program here. We, we thank you for Donnie Cook and her dedication to our kids' zone and for Tucker and Elizabeth Sullivan in the tremendous way they are reaching out and building up our youth program. Father, we ask you to comfort the family of Ira Groom who passed away this week, and, and we also ask for the blessings on the Zach Reynolds family and his possible passing today. And we also ask you to bless uh, Brooks Carter and continue to strengthen him and his family. Thank you for the care that you have given us to strengthen this uh, church. And we place, uh, pray that we can all grow stronger each and every day. And Lord, help us to be generous and determined in our contribution toward helping those suffering in Florida. Help others in this country to help fill their needs as well. We ask that your hand to help the people of Ukraine and make a peaceful end to this conflict. Father, forgive us uh, when we wrong you and each other. Soften our hearts to forgive others and thank you for Christ and for the profound purpose of his life. 
We love you so much, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper. Let's sing the first two verses of the old rugged cross. On a hill far Exodus 3, starting in verse 13, says, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. That's God's name. And we obviously do know his name. Uh, he has lots of names as well. Uh, but as a young man, I always thought, well, what does God look like? Um, obviously, probably bright, shining light, blinding, uh, leaves me, makes my face shining for a few more days. Um, but we also had God walk on earth as a man, Jesus Christ. Now, of course, we don't know what he looked like. Was he tall? Was he short? Was he scrawny, athletic-looking? Uh, was he had a ch chiseled face with a great jawline? Or was it more uh, round and pudgy? Colossians 1, starting in verse 24, says, Now I, I rejoice in what suffering for you, when what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. 
the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I always wonder what Jesus looked like, but is right in front of me. You are, you are Christ. The body of this church, that is Christ. And everyone here is part of this body. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this day, and thank you for everything you've given us. Father, uh, thank you for your body, which was here, um, that, who knew us fully, knew what it was like to be a man. Thank you for being our friend, our brother, and our king. And thank you for breaking your body so that we may live in you. We love you so much, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Luke 3, starting in verse 15. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Through baptism, we are saved through the blood of Christ. And we are baptized through a fire that not only uh, purifies and sanctifies us and cleanses sin, but a fire that leaves light and life. Jeremiah 20, verses 8 and 9. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of God has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say... I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name. His word in my heart, like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. The fire of baptism, which is brought by the cleansing blood of Christ, is in us. 
the fire of light and life and glory with Christ. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for your blood, your divine and perfect uh, blood, reminding us that you are fully God. Thank you for cleansing us and making us whole and right with you so that we may live with you in glory. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Matthew 16, 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. As we give, let us not only give our possessions and our money, let us also give our actions, our words, and our thoughts to Christ. Let us uh, lose the things that are of this world and that are not important so that we may have room to take up the cross and follow Christ, our leader. Let's pray. Father, thank you for everything you've given us. You have blessed us um, more than we deserve. and Let us give to you everything. Everything that we are, our money, our possessions, our time, uh, the cares that we have, our thoughts, our words, and actions. Let us always be focused and driven to you and be excited and have a fervor for you. Let us be instruments of peace and vessels of your spirit so that your word may be, may be proclaimed in all the earth. Let your will be done in all things, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. To the old rugged cross I will for our young people to be dismissed and to make that easy on all of us. I'd like to invite you to stand as we sing our song before the lesson. Light the fire. Mm -hmm. 
Again, welcome to our worship assembly today, those who are present with us and those who are worshiping with us online and are part of our West Irwin Church of Christ family this morning. We appreciate that uh, very, very much. And I appreciate Eric's words at the beginning, talking about all of the wonderful events that are going on right now and will be soon. We have a, a group of young people and adults who are, have been on a float trip on the Guadalupe, and so they will be returning this afternoon. Uh, as Eric shared, we have classes and activities tonight. Uh, we have a, a dinner Wednesday night before our Bible classes on Wednesday. We have a bridal shower this afternoon. We have uh, a, a baby shower coming up, a table shower. We have a wonderful event for our Young at Heart, an area-wide event that West Irwin will be hosting uh, this month. Later on this month, we have our trunk or treat coming up. And as if we weren't doing enough, let's throw in an acapella concert, shall we? Why not? And so we have, I am super excited uh, to have them coming here on March the 3rd. We hosted them at our church in Arlington at Woodland West, and it was a big, huge crowd and a lot of energy, a lot of joyful uh, worship and praise to God and having fun while it's happening. And that'll be a big, big deal. We do anticipate tickets going on sale soon. You can get those online. And we will, as a host congregation, have a, uh, a discount code to share. And there's also discounts that are offered for uh, buying a lot of tickets. And so you may want to get together with a few other families and uh, buy some together by lot. That's the, the least expensive way. But we'll share, as Eric said, we'll share more about that. But mark your calendar for Friday night, March the 3rd. It will be an evening that you will never forget and such a wonderful time of joyful praise to our God. You know, we were in the book of Philippians in our Bible class today and uh, many of our adult classes and we were talking from Philippians 4 in that great passage that says rejoice in the Lord when? Always rejoice in the Lord always. And even though he says that and even though we do that, it doesn't shield us from the difficulties of this life. 
Even though we have all these exciting activities that we're doing as a church family and ways that we're trying to reach out to our community and our friends and our family, that doesn't take us away from being a part of this world. And being a part of this world means that there are difficulties and struggles that come along. In fact, as most of you likely know, when Paul wrote those words, Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. He wrote them while he was incarcerated. Likely under house arrest, as he describes, as Luke describes at the end of the book of Acts. And yet he could say, rejoice in the Lord always. It's just a reminder to us that rejoicing in the Lord doesn't mean that we don't go through struggles and difficulties in this world and in this life. Because we do. We do. In fact, sometimes we go through more because of our faith. Sometimes it is our faith in Jesus Christ that brings some of that suffering and difficulty about. Have you ever felt worthless? Have you ever felt worthless? Have you ever felt like you had no value? Like your self-esteem, your self-worth was way down at the floor? Have you ever been rejected? Maybe rejected by someone that you had hoped to build a relationship with. Maybe rejected by a spouse. Maybe rejected when you try to get a job. And you faced rejection after rejection after rejection. Maybe because there was a group at school or a group of friends at work or in the neighborhood or in some circle that you're in that excluded you and you felt left out we've all felt that way we've all felt that way even Moses felt that way Peter wonderful job at the table today leading us and I love that you brought us back to uh, the burning bush and Moses in Exodus chapter 3 because he shared a little bit of that but Moses offers excuse after excuse after excuse to God because God was calling him to do a task and Moses did not feel worthy to do it. I can't do it. He offers excuse after excuse, one of which Peter shared. I don't know, even know your name. And finally Moses just throws up his hand and says, look, send somebody else. Why was that? Because Moses had felt defeated and worthless and rejected. And of little value to anybody. And he had felt that way for the past 40 years. And now God comes on the scene and he calls him to do this incredible, incredible work. Of going to stand before Pharaoh. I love the contemporary songwriter and singer Lauren Daigle. And her song, You Say, is a powerful, powerful statement. She writes, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. Have you ever been there? I know I have. What a wonderful look into the heart of a shepherd this morning as David Hammond shared. 
He's felt that way. We've all felt that way, wondering why we will never measure up, wondering why it's, we're not enough, it's never enough. Apparently, Christians in Ephesus felt that way sometimes too. The church in Ephesus pops up a lot in the New Testament, probably more than you realize, but once you think about it, you say, oh yeah, that's right, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Ephesus was one of the seven churches of Asia. It was located on the western part of modern-day Turkey. And the book of Ephesians, of course, that we're going to be beginning a two-month study in today, of course, written to the church there. Paul's second mission journey included a brief stop there in Acts 18, and that's where uh, he was with his friends Priscilla and Aquila, who were tent makers like Paul was, and spent some time with them, and then left after just a short time And while Priscilla and Aquila stayed, uh, a wonderful speaker by the name of Apollos came. (laughs) But he didn't know the whole story. And so we read about that in Acts 18. And and Priscilla and Aquila said, Apollos, you're doing a great job. We want you to come over for dinner Friday night. And so he did. And when he did, they sat him down and they said, you know, you're doing a great job. You're a powerful speaker. But there's, there's more to this than just John's baptism. Jesus has come. And you need to know that. What a great, great story. Paul's mission journey, the third one, he spent a lot of time in in Ephesus, over two years in fact. And in Acts chapter 19, we read about that, and he writes 1 and 2 Corinthians, likely from Ephesus. And there was a big riot there, remember, great as Diana or Artemis of the Ephesians, depending on whether you're using this goddess's Roman name or Greek name. And the city was in an uproar, and finally he was... uh, A city official came and told everyone to go home, and they did. Paul met with the elders from the church at Ephesus while uh, off the coast on the island of Miletus in Acts 20. And some of the most powerful statements that are written to shepherds are written to those elders, are spoken to those elders and recorded by Luke in Acts 20. Paul wrote 1 and 2 Timothy to his young protege while Timothy was in Ephesus. And as I said, as one of the seven churches of Asia in Revelation 2, Jesus sends a letter to them. The last look into this church, into these Ephesians. And you know what he tells them in the traditional translation, you have left your first love. All of those things centered around the city and the church at Ephesus. The church at Ephesus needed lots of reminders, and so do we. So do we. Because the world is hard and it's difficult and it wears you down and it tries to cut you down. And Satan is good at what he does. And he finds whatever way he can to make you feel worthless. To make you feel like you're not valued. To make you feel like you don't measure up. And they're lies. They're lies that Satan tells us and they're lies that he uses people in the world to tell us. And we need reminders. Over the next two months, we'll be hearing those reminders of who we are in Jesus Christ. This sermon series is entitled, Blessed to Bless. And we need reminders of how blessed we are in Jesus Christ, but also the reminders that say it doesn't end with us. The blessing doesn't stop with us. We are blessed in order to bless others, to share with them the same blessings that God has shared with us in Jesus Christ.
We need those reminders. And the first one is that we are chosen by God to be his special people. The first is a reminder to each of us that I have value. I have value. I am chosen. I am chosen. Whether it's as a child growing up playing sports, perhaps you were never chosen as the first pick, perhaps you were uh, chosen further down, perhaps you were the one that was standing around when there was an odd number of players and you were there by yourself and they said, well, stand there, Billy, I, I mean, stand there, person, and if somebody gets hurt, then you can come in. <laughs> we know what it's like to be rejected. Perhaps it was a marriage that failed. Perhaps it was a child that turned their back on you or a parent that turned their back on you. Perhaps it was that job that you lost or that you never got. We've all experienced that kind of rejection, that kind of difficulty. And it aches at our self-esteem. And Satan is trying to tell us, you're a nobody, you don't matter. Nobody cares. Well, Scripture is here to say, that is not true, that is a lie. Because God cares. And not only does God care, God has picked you. God has chosen you. He has chosen you. And that means you can say, most assuredly, I have value. So a few things about that from Ephesians chapter 1. First of all, God chose us. God chose us. In Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 3, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It doesn't say, if you measure up, I will bless you in Jesus Christ. It doesn't say that if you are absolutely sinless and perfect and faithful in your life, I will bless you. It doesn't say that at all. It says God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Verse 4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Now don't let that word predestined scare you. <laughs> predestined in scripture never means you're saved, you're saved, you're lost, you're lost no matter what you do or how you live. Never says that. But what it says is like this right here. He chose us, he predestined us so that we could live in the image of his son. So that we could be, as he's going to say in a little bit, to the praise of his glory. That's what he has predestined. He has chosen us to live this life, to be this blessed. Verse 7 continues, In him, Christ, we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. I love that term. He lavished his grace on us. It's not like he was very careful because he didn't want to give us too much. (laughs) 
He poured it out and lavished it out. It's like you have a bucket and instead of just getting a little cup and pouring it down, he takes the whole bucket and dumps it on your head. These are my blessings. That's how much he loves us. And then verse 11, In him, Christ, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You were included. You weren't excluded. You're a part of this. You're one of the chosen. You're one of the blessed. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory again. He loved you so much, he chose you, and he predestined you to be like Jesus, his son, and to do his will to the praise of his glory. And he even gave you his Holy Spirit to help you in the meantime. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. There's a part of God that rests in you. God chose us. Secondly, my self-worth comes from within, knowing that God chose me. Jesus himself recognized this and affirmed this as, as well as any example I can think of in Scripture. And it's an incredible, amazing statement in John 13, just hours before he was to be betrayed and denied and rejected and killed. In John 13, verse 1, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. He was still there, but he already knew what he was going to do and so did Jesus. Verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and he demanded that Simon Peter take off his outer clothing and wrap a towel around his waist and wash his feet. Is that how your version translates that? That's what it should be, shouldn't it? That's what we think it should be. Verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he, Jesus, got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around them. Those dirty, smelly feet. One by one, Jesus washed them, including the ones of the man who would betray him. The man who would deny him publicly three times. And all of the others who would leave him. How could he do that? Because he knew who he was. Because his value came from within. Jesus, knowing who he was, knowing what was about to happen, knowing where he was going, took off his clothes and wrapped a towel around him and got a basin of water and washed the disciples' feet. 
Our value comes from within. My self-worth comes from within. Not from the external circumstances, not from how people treat me. My self-worth comes from within, knowing that God chose me. I'm chosen. I have value. Lastly today, God chose us for the praise of His glory. To God be the glory, great things He has done. Amen. God chose us for the praise of His glory. That's exactly what Ephesians 1 tells us. In verse 12 and then again at the end of the chapter. And Peter affirms this as well in this wonderful passage on our identity as Christians. In 1 Peter 2 verses 9 and 10. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. What a beautiful way to put it. You are God's special possession. You're not just His possession, you're His special possession. You're his special people. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's our purpose, to declare his praises. We are chosen to the praise of his glory. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. And he has chosen us to spread that message. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God chose us for the praise of His glory. Lauren Daigle's song, You Say, continues with this well-known chorus with these words. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. And when I don't belong, you say I am yours. And I believe. I believe. What you say of me, I believe. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. And you, I find my word. In you, I find my identity. Don't believe the lies. The lies that say you are rejected. The lies that say you will never measure up. That you're worthless. That you have no value. You are chosen. You are chosen by God himself. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You are chosen to the praise of his glory. And so each of us can say, I have value. I am chosen. I have value. Say that out loud with me. I have value. Say it one more time. I have value. And you do. You do because of Jesus Christ. You have value because you have been chosen by God. You have been chosen by God to receive his blessings in Christ Jesus. You have been blessed to bless. It doesn't stop with you. But just like Jesus did that feeling of value and esteem and worth that boils over inside of you comes out by being a blessing 
to others. You have been chosen for blessing so that you can bless others to the praise of His glory. I'm so excited about this series, and I hope that you'll be able to share it with some. There are are notes about it online. There are notes about it in your bulletin about what's coming up. Take that message with you, that you are chosen, that I have value, and then share it with someone who needs to hear it. They're all around you. And just like we do, they need a reminder that you matter, that you are worth something, that you have value, that you are chosen. All those in Christ are chosen by God, blessed to bless. Are you in Christ this morning? If you're not, we'd love to help you get there. If you need the encouragement and prayers of this church, whatever your need, we are blessed to bless. If we can be a blessing to you today, come as we stand and sing together.
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, first of all, we want to thank you for your son who came to this earth and died on that cruel cross at Calvary for our sins, for giving us an avenue of prayer that each one of us here, we know we're sinners and we're just coming here each day to try to build ourselves up and build our loved ones up and our family up. Lord, we pray that you'd bless Bill and his family for breaking the bread of life today for us. We also want to remember, Lord, our elders and the, the strong tasks they have and uh, the main decisions they have to make on our behalf and their wives who have to stand beside them and have given them strength in some of the decisions they make about our lives and about the money we donate and about this building, Lord. The deacons who do the work of the church. Let's remember our first responders that are out there risking their lives for us and those that are in the military. And we pray for those that are making decisions about our government and the spending. And we pray that each one here will go vote in the upcoming election. Dear Heavenly Father, we know that we have family that aren't here. We have family that is suffering and friends that are suffering. We just ask that you'd be with them and be with the doctors that are administering to them. Watch over each one of us, Lord, this week and keep us all safe and just help us to be come back at the next appointed time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.